to episode 27 of the Foundation First Fitness Show with Bob Owen. Today, we are going to do a Q&A session. I got a couple of good questions here. They're, uh, they're surrounding running. They're fairly similar in, in, I guess, answer, and they could have some similarities to them, so it'd be really interesting. I, I thought they'd be really interesting to get done together, so we're going to get to that right now. Um, yes, I wanted to touch on one little thing. Many of you, many of you, some of you who have uh, been watching on YouTube uh, noticed that my last episode was not on YouTube. The reason for that was that the camera literally just like cut off halfway through uh, because we ended up going so long, we ended up talking so much that I had to kind of uh, figure out how to manage that. And I was just like, you know what? I just don't want to have to throw that up there and then have like a screen cut halfway and I just left it off. Either way, we were basically just sitting in the office just talking. So there wasn't anything that was really useful for YouTube. Sorry about that. If you guys do normally watch us on YouTube, so if you are watching us on YouTube, sorry about that. You can head over to the podcast and get that done. Um, now for the questions for today, uh, they are both running questions, as I mentioned, and I wanted to get into them because I think they're they're really common questions. These are some that I usually get. Uh, I get asked quite often. I don't know why I never thought about doing this, but um, it's it's a pretty common question. the The answer is really dependent on a couple of different factors, but I'm going to try to I've tried to I've written down some ways to kind of like separate them, categorize them up, so that that way you can get a better idea of what you should be doing or what you need to do in order to remedy the situation. So the first question is, why are my calves always hurting when I run, basically after I run? So the first thing you need to know or the first thing you need to understand is when is that actually happening? Was it just the first time? Is this the first time you run after a really long time? Uh, if that's the case, don't worry about it. It'll generally subside uh, over the next couple of days. Um, and when you start getting back into running, it should go away. It's basically just a delayed onset muscle soreness. It's because you haven't been using that muscle group for a very long time and you need to uh, just kind of get that thing, get, just kind of get yourself back into it and get yourself back out there and running again. When you do that, everything's going to kind of stabilize. You should be just fine. Now, if, if it doesn't, if that isn't the case, if that isn't the case, or actually, you know what, I'll, I'll add something to that. If it is the case and it is the first time you've been running and you notice calf pain, you might want to start by maybe taking it down a notch. You know, you want to try to, if you if you feel a little bit of soreness after, it's normal, especially if you've been running for a very long time or if you, if, sorry, if you haven't been running for a very long time and you just started to get back into it, um, you may feel some muscle soreness. You might want to take it a little easier at the start just to kind of uh, slowly get yourself back into it. You don't want to just jump into it. That might lead to that pain, which could potentially throw off your gait, uh, basically the way you run, and that will affect other muscles and could potentially become something a little bit more serious. So as mentioned, take it easy, progressively get into it. Now, if that's not the case, so if you are uh, a seasoned runner and it's been a while and all of a sudden you've noticed that you know, you've been noticing a little bit more calf pain, or if you normally always feel calf pain after you run and it's kind of becoming a problem and it, you you either can't finish your races or after your races you're feeling like there's an absurd amount of soreness and you it, it always takes a couple of days to get over it uh, and you are running frequently enough, by frequently I mean at least two, uh, probably more like three times a week, uh, there's a couple of things that could be happening. Now, if let's say you've been running and... Uh, you've never had this issue and then all of a sudden you do have an issue, you wanna take a look at a couple of things, three factors that may have an impact on that. A, 
Uh, are your shoes worn out? If your shoes are too old, they might be worn out, so you might need to change them. They could be affecting the way you're landing on the ground, which could have an effect on that calf. Two, are you suddenly increasing the amount of running? Have you gone from something like 10K to something like 20K where it's a substantial increase and the load is a lot higher? Uh, likewise, would you, likewise, have you have you been running a lot faster? Have you picked up the speed? If you pick up the speed or if you start changing that up, maybe you're doing a little bit of like a kind of a cadence run where you're speeding you're running a little bit faster than usual, so your speed's up a little bit higher, and it's a lot higher than it normally is, and that itself may cause that issue with, uh, as well. Now, if you basically wanna try to narrow it down to something that's changed, generally it doesn't have to be much, but something that's somewhat substantial has changed, either even the, the type of surface you're running on, there's, because there's so many factors that can affect your calves uh, and the pain in your calves, you want to make sure that you're able to narrow it down and figure out which one you did change. And then maybe it might just need a little bit of a, might need just an adjustment period. Uh, if it is your shoes, you might want to think about getting a new pair of shoes. Now, this could be, this also ties into the second or the technically the third. I mean, the first group. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, the third scenario where you are running and then you've been noticing calf pain a lot or a significantly higher amount of calf pain. Uh, this could be coming from something very similar where if your shoe is worn out, it could be affecting the way your foot and your heel and your forefoot, basically the ball of your feet and your toes, are hitting the ground. If there's not an equal distribution and they're not kind of absorbing the, the I guess, the, the load equally and it's not well distributed, it could be shifting more stress onto your calf. The reason for that is that if it isn't, so basically, I'm gonna try to use my phone here as a good example. I should have brought a shoe. I never, I never remember to bring the things that I'm gonna end up using. So if I look at my shoe, the toe here, heels back here, my heels and my running shoes are generally pitched up a little bit, so a little bit higher than normal. The reason for that is to limit the amount of this, that kind of toe coming back up towards the shin. So that basically, imagine you're sitting on the ground trying to pull your toe back to you. That's what we call dorsiflexion. So it's pulling your toes back towards you. Uh, it's trying to limit that because the further we go back, the more of that absorption phase we're going to be in and the greater the distance of absorption, the greater the angle. So the longer the muscle is going to be stretched, that's going to increase the amount of stress. Now, doing that for an extended period of time can potentially lead to an issue where you might be overusing your calf, uh, especially when you're not jogging, when you're oh, sorry, especially when you're not sprinting and you're just jogging that over that kilometer uh, over the amount of kilometers that you're going to be running that could potentially wear down that calf which is something you want to avoid so if your shoe if your heel starts breaking down or because you know if you're sitting on your heel and then your cat and then your heel just starts lowering and lowering and lowering uh, generally the common the common distance is I think it's 12 mil millimeter drop um, very possible that because it's such a small amount, it's very possible that the heel starts collapsing on itself. And because the heel starts collapsing on yourself, you're going from a 10, uh, sorry, from a 12, you could drop down to an 11 or 10. That could be wearing itself down too. The sole gets worn down and wears out. So you're, the, the way you're running can affect it as well. So if you are breaking down that shoe, let's say the shoe's been kind of worn, you're using an old shoe and you start you may want to address that. That's why I usually recommend getting a new pair of shoes because you might end up running into this scenario where you've got a different, you've got different mechanics, and now your body has to readjust. 
um, from the previous year. So get a new pair of shoes, start ramping it up light, gently, and that will, that will, for the most part, lower that, uh, lower that amount of tension on the calf. Now, the other thing that could be happening is you might have become really dependent on shoes themselves to support your foot, and the let's say the uh, the arch support maybe also you may be also very dependent on that arch support when you're running. Now, what I would recommend, not doing it a lot. Because if you do it a lot, especially early on, very like, especially if it's the first time you've ever done this and doing it a lot, you'll you'll notice a lot of soreness. But potentially, just start walking on grass barefoot. So start by walking barefoot, maybe about five ten minutes, of just walking around in your backyard or at the park barefoot, um, and then potentially even try jogging barefoot. What that's going to do is, if you start ramping that up like over a three or four week basis, that's going to start strengthening the muscles underneath the foot which is gonna be very important for absorbing that landing because your foot muscles are actually gonna be preventing that landing, preventing that stretching of the of that kind of what we call the plantar fascia, uh, the plantar fascia which is essentially just a continuation of that calf. So if you can, if you imagine your foot here, your fascia comes underneath that plantar fascia. And a lot of you listening right now have, have more than likely, especially if you're runners, even if you're not runners, you've probably heard of something called plantar fasciitis. It's basically an inflammation of that tissue that's underneath your foot. Now, the calf runs up behind, wraps underneath your heel, and essentially extends into that area. So when the stress of that increases, what that might be doing is it might be requiring your calf to do a significant amount more. Because it requires so much more, your calf's doing double work. It's trying to absorb that, absorb the landing, and allow you to store that energy to use it for recoil when you're trying to take off. And it might be it's also helping to try to transfer that uh, that force downwards into the ground and push you forward. If it's required to do so much more than it normally is, now is when we start running into problems. Now we've got uh, one muscle doing everything, everyone else's job, and then we start running into major issues. So that may be another issue. Uh, calf strengthening has also been considered as one. I wouldn't really throw into throw in that one that much. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's. It is potentially one, but it might not. I don't think it's a huge, huge, huge issue. Uh, calf strengthening is not always as common, especially for runners. Um, it's more the endurance of it, so that would be the more more of the issue. Is where your uh, you had never ran, now you're running. You can throw calf exercises in there, but again, they're not really the crazy. They're not really going to be. I don't think they're going to be that much of a difference maker in comparison to the other things that I'm going to be discussing, which it, or I have discussed, which which is the shoe. And the, what did I just say? Oh, and the uh, the barefoot running. Um, yeah, I completely lost track of what I was saying there. I was already trying to jump onto the next uh, recommendations. Uh, the other thing I would look at is how are you basically running? Are you are you over? Are you not getting enough hamstring pulse? So if you are cramping up higher near the back of the leg, you might be requiring you might be using that ham, uh, the calf to kind of bend that knee a bit and using the hamstring to kind of recoil and pull because the hamstring and the calf at the knee joint, they do similar movements because they're crossing each other. And because they're crossing each other, they're going to be pulling. So uh, you may want to make sure that your hamstring is activated. The way to do that is 
through one of my favorite exercises, which is doing a simple bridge right before. You want to make sure that you're doing a nice bridge, getting a nice TVA contraction. We spoke about that on the last episode, which is the transverse abdominis. Mark spoke about that. It's his favorite muscle. It's my favorite muscle. It should be your favorite muscle. It's basically that that abdominal, deep abdominal muscle that kind of makes a ring around you and basically stabilizes your hips. So with that hip being stabilized, your hamstring can pull off of it, therefore activating that muscle. And when that muscle activates, you're going to be able to take some of the load off that calf. So again, it might be over, we might be overworking that calf muscle, which is something we want to avoid as much as we can. Uh, because it's already doing so much for that long period of time that we're running, we want to make sure that we're reducing that as much as possible. So those would be my my overall recommendations for you. Uh, if you do notice calf soreness, the only thing that I would say that is a given, like everyone should be doing it is regardless of which group you're in, whether you're in group one where you uh, you just started running two where it just started coming on or three you've started running and you've you've been running consistently and it's still been bugging you and hasn't eventually it hasn't gone away I would tell you that soft tissue work on your calf is paramount it's going to be one of the biggest things you're going to be doing soft tissue work uh, is essentially just foam rolling foam rolling is my it is like my thing now that I like literally have been forcing every single one of my athletes to do even my regular clients i've been literally making them go out and buy foam rollers left right and center i should just start selling them here i really don't know why i haven't done that yet um just because they're honestly they're the best tools everybody uses them you should be using them they're they're something that i keep with me everywhere i go i have two in my car just in case i have guys that at one of the other facilities that i work at that need one i can always pull it out give them to them and let them let them roll because it's easily one of the one of the biggest contributors to uh, improve performance and, and good tissue health and tissue quality, which is super important, especially if you're doing a lot of long distance runs, because you're just beaten down at those at those on those muscles, you know, like they're I mean, forget the calves, everything else is going to be taken to beating too. So soft tissue work, definitely get that in, especially on the calf really get around it and I know I say the calf but you know there's a lot there's so there's a lot of muscles in the calf but basically get that entire back of the leg area you also want to get the front of the leg but really start working through as much of that musculature as you possibly can and spend some time on it and make sure that you've done enough you've done it justice and you've done enough work on it now going into my second question uh, the second question is basically regard, uh, regarding uh, gait. Gait, which is basically your running mechanics and how you're running your, your basically your form when you're running. So the question is, uh, my running buddy keeps telling me that my stride is off and I don't look smooth when I run. I'm assuming the person means that they look a little kind of dis uncoordinated. So generally what will happen is when someone's uncoordinated, it's, it's coming from one of two things that are somewhat similarly related through their corrective, uh, through the corrective strategy. What I mean by that is both issues are basically going to be caused by two different things. Both issues can be caused by two different things, but the solution is the same. So here are the two potential scenarios. One you might not have good control of your core. So the core, which is basically that, what I usually term as anything from like the shoulders down to like the knee area, basically the function of that. How well are you coordinating and how well are you adjusting for that transfer of weight, transfer of energy, transfer of force? So basically, 
you'll know that if you if you literally just stand up, you're probably driving. Don't stand up if you're driving. Um, but the next time you get out of your car and you're walking, pay attention to how your arms are swinging. Your left arm will swing forward when your right leg is forward, right? So your left arm swings forward as your right leg swings forward. So you swing in opposites. Your opposite limbs are connected through that balance. What they're doing is they're trying to balance off from each other, make sure that the weight is well distributed so that your movements can be right. Now, if your core isn't firing properly, if your core isn't strong enough, the issue that you'll run into is that when you're going to start running, you won't be able to continue. You, sorry, you won't be able to get that smooth gait that you want simply because your core isn't able to transfer that energy properly. You're going to be running into a roadblock. So what I would highly recommend is, as per usual, go on to do a proper core routine and get going on that stuff to start learning how to stabilize the core while you're stabilizing your legs. Now, I'm looking at putting something together. Uh, hopefully, I will. You know what? Forget it. Let's just do it. I'm going to I'm gonna put together a quick little routine for you to do. I'm going to put it in the show notes so you guys can all grab it. Uh, it's either going to be in the show notes or I might have a link to it somewhere in the show notes. You'll be able to go into the show notes, click that link. It'll bring you to that workout plan uh, that'll be good for you to get going. And it really, honestly, like it, you guys would be surprised. Um, I don't want to go off topic because um, I I think if I think if I go off topic on this thing, I think we might I mean I might lose a couple of people. But just to summarize what I was doing with dealing with today, uh, one of my players came in was dealing with an issue and couldn't understand why he was able to squat but couldn't able wasn't able to control his core. And the reason I told him that he that he was struggling with that and not with one and not the other one, especially struggling with the one that was very primitive, which is very basic. But the more complex one he wasn't struggling with was because he's an athlete. Now, his ability to kind of disguise poor movement was really good. So he was getting away with it for so many years, even though the basic movements were so bad. So even if you are an experienced runner, this might be something that you might want to go and do just for the hell of it because you're better. It's you're you know, it's better to try to kind of reduce the likelihood of something happening than waiting for it to happen and having to double back to clean all this stuff up because you're just trying to say that you know it. I mean, I do a lot of these exercises that I'm going to be putting up on a regular basis simply because I want to make sure that my body's always functioning properly because as you know, we sit, we we stay in one position too long, we drive for a really long period of time. So because we're always doing those different, those different non- I guess non-normal movements that may lead to those to those issues. So I would definitely tell you think about those issues themselves. Whoops, just shot my pen. Um, think about that as well when you try to when you decide to do this program. But essentially, getting back to it, the number one, one not the number one. One of the issues may be that your core is not firing properly. Because your core is not firing properly, you are going to be struggling to kind of relate to both right and left you won't have a lot of control so your body may just be kind of flip-flopping around to try to create that movement and at the same time but i really don't know how you're not uh injured right now if that's the way you're moving because most people once they have a gate that's once their gate's kind of off the first thing they're they're complaining about is pain um but it's very possible that your body's just kind of managing it because you might have just kind of found yourself a nice comfort zone where your body's just barely hanging on and not really overdoing it so kudos to you hats off to you but uh, I would definitely recommend jumping on that program getting it done um, simply because it's it's worth it it's not going to do anything but you know help you out in the long run so 
do uh, try that if that your if that is your issue. Now the other option, the other possibility, is that your body has a limitation. What I mean by the limitation is you might be stuck. You might have uh, you might be really good in one movement and really weak in the other rotation. So you might be rotating to the left. So your shoulders may be able to turn to the left better than they turn to the right. Now that may be coming from your shoulder blade, that may be coming from your core, that may be coming from the hip, that may be coming from your foot. There's so many variables, there's so many things that can, be, that can be going on, which is why I always recommend that in this case, you either need to get scanned professionally, let someone actually take a look at your gait and decide if it's, and maybe not decide, but determine if it's coming from a, your upper body, your lower body, your feet, uh, if it's a cross issue where it's like your left hand, uh, your left arm, your right leg just aren't working well together, you know, do you have a back issue? There's so many things that could be going on. The, the ultimate way to fix it would be, I would tell you, regardless, go back to the basics. That's the best way for you to do it. Go back to the basics, clear everything out, make sure everything's kind of well addressed so get through this this same program like I said will be should be enough to potentially get you get you about 50% of the way to 100% of the way simply by restabilizing your hips restabilizing the pelvis uh, allowing you to get a better control of your upper body with your lower body and just doing these couple of exercises it's going to be like a two three week plan you should notice that a, you should notice a significant difference but again it all comes from being able to uh, link everything together the the best the best analogy I think I've come up with in a really long time I wouldn't say that I come up with really good analogies some guy actually made a comment on he's like how do you just come up with these things every 30 seconds it's funny because I had a coach a couple of years back I think I mentioned this already I might have mentioned this at one point um, we had a coach that was in St. John's with us who literally just had analogy after analogy after analogy after analogy and I was just blown away by how he was able to just kind of pull these things out of thin air I mean he seemed like he was pulling them out of thin air he probably already had them saved up in his back pocket ready to whip them out when he needed um, but the analogy I used was when you try to go learn a guitar solo you know you don't try to play the whole solo all at once because it's just never going to work so you start learning it bit by bit but you also don't learn the first portion. I'm gonna go a little technical, the first staff. You don't learn the first staff and then completely forget it and then learn the second one. You know, you've gotta learn every single one and add them all up back to back to back to back or the solo just basically is nothing because you keep skipping parts that you missed. And when you do that, basically the solo doesn't come out right. This is the same thing. This is the same scenario where if you don't learn the basic, the fundamental, the first portion, the first step, which is that core, link to core, get it to fire, get a good awareness of it, and then start adding everything else in and start building from it, but never forgetting that first initial step that you had and not forgetting and not not remembering the, ish, the, uh, the other parts of your body and making sure that everything's kind of growing together and becoming more complex together you're gonna likely there's a you're, you're going to likely improve that run gate there's a higher chance that you're going to improve that run gate just simply by doing those couple of things so it doesn't really have to be crazy complicated generally when the mechanics are off it's either a limitation like i said a restriction so either in the hip the shoulder the back something is restricted um, which is going to require either some manual treatment or it's going to require you to learn how to move better which in turn are going to end up making you pass through this program now if it's not the case and you're just not coordinated and because you don't have like good 
core control, well, then either way, you're still going to have to run through this program. So um, I would tell you to jump on that. It doesn't take long. It's like a three-week system. Uh, run through it with all my guys. I'm going to give it away for you, to you guys for free today. Um, I usually charge. Uh, I, I don't charge enough, but I should charge more. Don't, don't tell anyone I said that. Um, but I, I would definitely definitely say run through this program it's it's definitely one of my one of my better ones that I that I use with my guys it seems to be pretty pretty complete in in nature in terms of getting all the basics done so if you run through it within three weeks you should be noticing a significant difference so uh, get going on that program let me know if you guys have any questions on it so I can answer them and get kind of some clarity out to it but it's it's fairly straightforward also uh, Instagram started this new ask me a question thing uh, and I'm, I'm a little upset that I didn't use this because I only found out about it at like 7 p.m. and I was just like great well now I can't do it um, but if you if you have a question I will be, I will, I'm going to tr start throwing those out there. The ask me a questions, uh, every two weeks, maybe something like that. Uh, so that that way we can get some Q and A's going that way. Maybe I think it seemed, it seems to like people seem to be asking everyone questions. And so who knows, maybe I'll get a nice question on there and I'll be able to answer it. And, uh, if you guys have any other questions, you know how to get in touch with me, shoot me an email, e email, email, shoot me an email. Uh, reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm back on Twitter a bit. I'm not really very vocal on it. It's usually, it, right now, it's just to kind of like outsource and shoot out all my information or all my posts, like a blast post from all the stuff that I put on Instagram. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, as usual, uh, if you haven't subscribed, like guys, let's go, let's get on this thing. Uh, thank you guys for listening on the podcast. Hope you guys are actually having a good day or off to a great start of your day uh tuesday that is uh hope your monday wasn't too hard and uh and if you guys need anything from me today shoot me a message let me know let's start getting a little bit of a little bit more a bit more outreach from you guys shoot me some questions i'm really interested to see see what you guys are up to these days um and as per usual guys keep building that foundation for more fitness tips, tricks, and ideas, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Bobak Owen. That's B-A-B-A-K-O-W-E-N. Music for the Foundation First Fitness Show provided by Beware of Darkness. You can find them on Spotify and iTunes.